0: Bong bong bong, uh bong bong bong, uh bong bong and dash and
1: Welcome to Two Inches Off the Ground. When you are enlightened, you live your life two inches off the ground. Do you like the intro song today? Today's guest is a musical talent behind this song. The song is entitled Answer the Call, SLS, featuring Del Sol Etienne, who we all know and love. He's been a guest on this podcast. This song is by Daphne Speaks, which is available for purchase on Apple Music and for download on Spotify and SoundCloud. This is season two, episode 29, Light Language Healing Music with Daphne Speaks. Daphne Speaks is a powerful oracle, sound healer, and light worker. Her music comes from a deep spiritual connection to source energy. She channels her soul language and divine tones to activate others on their spiritual journey. Her life's purpose is to elevate the vibration for all of those with an ear to hear and a heart to receive. I love that welcome Daphne.
0: Thanks, Jay. How are you?
1: I am good. I am so excited we're here today. We both have these high vibrational sinus issues, which we're going to talk about (laughs) a little later. (laughs) <laughs> so, you know, it's not our fault, guys. We're just high vibrational people. We can't help it. Uh, Daphne, before we get started, I have a question for you that came to me. So it was funny when I was getting ready for this episode, I always receive your energy, either the morning of, the guest's energy, the morning of, or the night before. And my energy I was receiving, I had to wear this purple shirt for you. I had to put on this blue ring for you. And then I also noticed that we are recording on June 9th, right? At 9am. And then this is episode 29. So I wanted to ask you, do you have any affinity toward the number nine? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is an amazing question. Um, actually, yes. Nine is my life path number. So whenever nine comes up in numerology or in my readings, it is one of those promptings Spirit uses to get me to encourage people to really follow their purpose, really sink their teeth into searching for what that is if they haven't started that journey.
1: I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I kn- I knew it. I knew it. I said, this is too many. In. I was tapped in. There's too many nines here. I knew it was a soul connection for you. And it's beautiful because you're bringing that energy to the listener's who are, you know, trying to find their soul purpose. So you're just your presence is bringing that energy to them today and and thank you for that. That's a big deal for us. You are a member of the High Vibrational Clubhouse Soul Family. You host in the Ancient Ones Club with Michael Del Sol and Fabian, who've all been on this podcast. And my goal was to have all of you, and I have done it now, so I'm very excited, and there will be more. And you have your own club with hundreds of members called Daphne Speaks. You inspire people through your words and especially your magical singing voice. Please tell us why you believe that music speaks directly Directly to the heart and soothes the soul.
0: Music is that artistic expression that really cuts through everything. It cuts through thought, it cuts through second guessing, it cuts through ego and conditioning. Case in point, I could tell you I love you, but if I sang you a love song, that would just cut right to your heart space and it would speak to you on a level that my words just wouldn't be able to. And I just find that music, among other art, that is activating does that in a way that can't really be explained no matter how much we try to explain it. It just really is one of those divine forms of communication. As my journey has evolved, I've found that even in clubhouse rooms, the less speaking I did, And the more singing I did, the more people would be activated. The more people would resonate. They would get it. They would backchannel me because they would get it in a way that some fancy speech just could never. So I'm honored that music is my mode of artistic expression. But yes, there are other forms of art that do the same thing. It's just something about art whether you're looking at it or listening to it, it just speaks directly to the heart in a way that I, like I say, I think is just divine.
1: It's so divine because I remember I took a light language course to activate my light language. And there was a woman in the course who, lovely woman, but she was getting so frustrated cause she could not speak it. And we were all speaking it and signing it. And she was just, she was feeling behind, left behind, left out. And all of a sudden, I I actually recommended her to Clubhouse and she came into one of the light language rooms in Clubhouse and she heard people singing it. And she realized that she couldn't speak it, but she could sing it. So it's magical that coming from your soul. And I love how you said it takes the ego out. Never thought of it that way that music takes the ego out. Because you know what, Daphne, I wanted to have you on very badly because I'm not a musical person. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, music so far doesn't speak to me the way I think most people it speaks to them. You know, they're just so moved by a song. But I have to say, by your music, I'm very moved by it. So, you know, I'm definitely going to download that album and donate and do everything because your music just does speak to me. So I don't know if I need the actual light language for that. It's so high vibrational that it speaks to me and I can feel your energy now. And I say this all the time, but I can feel this energy coming off you and it's so grounding, but yet it's so magical. So thank
0: you. And that makes sense because I've been in rooms where we've been trying to encourage people to speak their light language And speaking to them or having them repeat speech just does not compare to cutting straight to oming, toning. It's almost like it naturally comes out whether their mic is muted or not. It does cut through the ego because I feel like a lot of times in the spiritual community, we're used to certain upgrades looking a certain way. So we do get in our heads about, well, why doesn't it sound like this? Or why can't I just speak like this? And there's something about easing. There's an easing and a soothing that music does that kind of just allows it to naturally and organically come out. I've been so blessed to see that happen in real time. It just makes my heart do all the fluttering things. (laughs)
1: It does, and we had a crazy room. What was it three weeks ago when everyone was in that heart resonance room? That was uh, Nicole's room. It was just crazy, and I—I I just the energy coming off people and people singing. And uh, I don't want to say the person's name because that's private. But someone came up to stage that we both know and started singing in light language and started singing, and it was so inspirational it's an amazing thing to watch. So I can't imagine being a musical talent like you are and helping people facilitate that journey. So that has to be very cool. (laughs) So how do you feel when you are singing? How does it feel to sing? This is what I'm so curious about. How does it feel to sing from the soul? Like, Can you put it in words? I know that's so hard to do. I'll tell
0: you the difference between singing now versus singing prior to even this year. I would say. Singing normally was very... I grew up in church. I grew up around a lot of musicians. Singing is very much a study. So there's practice, there's pitch, there's accompaniment, and there's a community. So there's sometimes there are music snobs. <laughs> who are, have very particular ideas about what music should sound like, how layered and complicated it should be. And so then that's what we talk about with getting into the ego. A lot of that stayed with me from a very young age. So when we got to Clubhouse <laughs> and I was in the Ancient Ones room and Michael mentioned something about rapping in light language or freestyling in light language. We were also in another room and he was kind of freestyle singing along with this clarinet player in light language. And I just remember being fascinated, like, you could do that? (laughs) That's a possibility? You could do that? And it started to really pull away at these layers of what I thought music had to be, how I thought I had to present myself singing. It took me back, honestly, to just church. In church, you would have what we call the mourner's bench for those that were preparing to get baptized and accept the call of Christ into their lives. And you would have these elders, usually women, And they would start moaning and humming. And it was just these old school guttural tones. And when I started to really tap into that again on Clubhouse, that's when people really started to experience their throat energy being unlocked, their light language being unlocked, their hearts opening up. And it just I took a deeper dive, like what is it about these old school tones, sounds, melodies that is speaking and resonating not only to others but to me in such a way that I I can't explain. It it's not super fancy runs all over the place like like a Beyoncé or a or a Whitney Houston. It's just this basic low notes, these basic melodies. But there's something about them that speak to the heart. From that kind of academic singing, (laughs) is what I can call it, to really just singing from the soul, it's removed judgment over my voice, over what I should sound like, over what my range should be, over whether something is pitchy or not, flat or not because those flats and those sharps exist for a reason. Um, When you listen to Native American throat music, for instance, when you listen to any Native music, actually, there's less concern about whether it sounds ready for radio and more about where it's coming from, the ancientness of it, the guttural feeling of it. So I just lean more into that and that feeling is way more in depth and way more in tune with source than worrying about singing a pop song pitch perfectly is the best way I can describe it.
1: That's such a good description. Now, this has been a funny theme, at least for me or this podcast, or I think, all of us metaphysically, is I keep seeing a lot of the melding of religion and metaphysics coming together lately. I, I keep seeing it over and over and over. And I think you were in Cliff's room last night, or not last night, but a couple nights ago, and he was talking about that intersection. And Cliff, I'm coming after you next. You're one, you're going to be one of my next guests. You're on the list. So when you were in church, Daphne, and you heard those older women moaning, were they speaking in tongues?
0: The church that I grew up in was Baptist. Normally you would hear more about speaking in tongues in probably like a Pentecostal tradition. The Baptist church that I grew up in, there was no barrier or there was no block from people speaking in tongues. So I had grown up hearing people speak in tongues. I would say yes but it's not necessarily in the traditional sense. A lot of times they would start these songs out with scripture. So singing scripture almost, but it would always just end up being just these tones and these moans with no words, no no consonants, just feeling, just vibration. And it was always powerful. I remember even some of my absolute favorite services would be music-based. We would be so in the spirit during the choir's portion that it would break down into those moans and tones and vibrations um, or just the musicians playing and there being a whole lot of clapping and celebration to the point where that would take over service. (laughs) To the point where it's like, it's two hours later and the preacher hasn't preached and that's okay. (laughs) Everyone (laughs) got fed exactly the spiritual food that they needed for the day. And some of the greatest preachers, I believe, recognize that and hold space for that. They are so not of ego that they just, you know what, we got exactly what we came here for. We let spirit move. So service is complete. I feel like service is complete. Do y'all feel complete? And it's, yeah, those were my favorite (laughs) services. Those were my favorites.
1: Wow. Can I ask, did you grow up in the South? Was it Southern Baptist? Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Right here in Tennessee.
1: Oh, I've heard that's fun. Southern Baptist. <laughs> I've never experienced it. My nephew just got into the University of Tennessee, and he's going. So oh, okay. uh, if I'm if I'm down there, I'll let you know, and we'll hang out. But oh, uh, please do. I had a very different church experience because I grew up Roman Catholic, and it's very. Hmm, I want to say this the right way. It's it's very serious there's no straying from anything. So it's just, you go in, you have the service. So I'm fascinated by the fun Southern Baptist of like, you know what, we're just going to celebrate until we finish celebrating. And if that takes the next eight hours, then you know what, bring some snacks, bring some water. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do love that about a Southern church. Usually somebody did cook if they're going to be multiple services like that. Usually, somebody did cook for the uh, intermission in between, so,
1: oh my gosh. And I don't know if you mind me asking, just because I'm sources telling me to ask this, do you still go to church? Are you still religious, or are you more into the spiritual? I'm more
0: into the spiritual. I do go to I want to say it's like I'm not opposed to going to church. It's just I have to go when I'm led. I no longer Mm. go for pomp and circumstance. I no longer go just to say that I go to church. Matter of fact, the last time I was called to go to church, I went with my aunt for Mother's Day. It turned out to be exactly the interaction that she needed. Unbeknownst to me, I'm just following divine instruction. Because it was a hard day for her with her mother no longer being with us on this plane. I go when I'm called. And I love a good Southern service. I, oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> it's amazing.
1: All right. You have to take me if I'm in Tennessee. <laughs> yes. Because I've, I've never been. I would like to experience that. So going back to all these church questions and the speaking in tongues, do you feel, because I've been asked and I can't answer this question, but do you feel that speaking in tongues is light language? Yes and no.
0: I have been called to call it soul language most recently because, frankly, it's not always light. As my language has developed, I've gotten to a place where I'm able to be extremely candid when speaking my soul language. So sometimes that means I speak it when I'm frustrated. And I wouldn't want to speak that <laughs> necessarily over anyone or in a ceremonial setting in that tone. That's just a private conversation between me and Source. And yes, just like, you know, people cry out from their souls when they are feeling down or when they're feeling low, it's the same thing, it's not always light so I've been calling it Soul Language. It is just like the music. It is the best way to cut through everything you think you should think or think you should feel in whatever moment and just get real with Source about how you really feel and how it really is right now so that all of your divine spiritual team can step in and assist you. Faking it I want to call it faking the funk doesn't serve anyone. (laughs) I just grew up with a lot of people that would just make sure that the prayers sounded a certain way and that everything was, and I'm sitting there as an empath, like I know you don't feel like that though. (laughs) (laughs) I know you really Uh. are a little more down about this situation. I've witnessed some of the most amazing breakthroughs in church when people are allowing themselves to just be that vulnerable and just cry it out, that's what we're here for, you know what I mean? So we can all, like, lean into each other and help each other and assist in raising the vibration. But if you're faking the funk from where your vibration is starting, we can't assist. I think soul language is more appropriate for my terminology. Just That's just me personally.
1: Okay. So that makes sense. When you started singing, did you start singing automatically with soul language or light language?
0: When I was younger, no. When I was younger, I have a distinct, and this is funny, one of my first memories literally coming online in this body was singing a pop song for my family. I couldn't tell you what song it was. I just knew it was something that was popular on the radio. Cause me and my mom were <laughs> obsessed with MTV. <laughs> so no way.
1: Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Oh, oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah. I remember, I remember dancing with her in, in front of the TV to various music <laughs> videos <laughs> um, from Madonna to Michael Jackson. So Ain't no telling (laughs) what I actually sang when I came online. But I come from a huge family. Like, between mom and dad, they're like one of 10 and one of 11 children. It was a huge gathering. I sang. I remember the applause. I remember that vibration of everyone kind of being elevated, uplifted. Even though I started speaking in tongues as my spiritual journey continued in my preteens, I still did not really start singing in light language probably until last year around September, October when I was called to. It was just something about it. Like I said, and this is why I love my crew, the ancient ones, so much because they just shed light on what was possible from speaking in multiple dialects in a room that I was led into following del Sol around to like I said Michael even kind of freestyle singing light language in behind that clarinet these things like left a serious impression on me I just remember amidst speaking light language and amidst playing around with my musical instruments I just I felt that call to like well what would it sound like let's just Let's just see what it would sound like if I did start singing in light language. let let's just see. Nobody's going to know. <laughs> Nobody's going to know. you don't have to publish it or anything. The first song I worked on is actually the one you played at the beginning of the episode. It is the Answer, the Call. So I put out music before I put out that song because that song was actually originally on my live looping station. Because it is the first, the first <laughs> light language song that I worked on. So it's amazing the the transition from then to now and how trepidatious I was about even like presenting it to anyone. <laughs> of course if I played it for Del Sol, he was gonna be like, Oh, that's great and this and that and other, but I played it yeah. to a couple other <laughs> people. And they were just like the resonance off of them, the looks on their faces, that kind of jaw open, I was like, wait a minute, is that a good jaw open or a bad-, <laughs> a bad jaw? Like what is that from then to now to where it's like I couldn't even even if there's English lyrics in a song, I couldn't even imagine music that I'm I do moving forward not having at least one small element of soul language being spoken or sung in the background it's just amazing to me now. It's like so ingrained in the art that I do now.
1: So let me ask you a question. Can everyone sing?
0: Yes, everyone can (laughs) sing. Yes, they absolutely can. I'm so glad you asked that question. It frustrates me because, like I said, growing up, you have those musicians that are very... They have very strict ideals about who can sing, and who can't sing. I know people who consider James Brown, for instance, they consider him to not really be a good singer. And I remember asking people, like, what do you mean? It's, it's different for everyone. It's range. It's tone. Some people don't like the way Fantasia sings. <laughs> My mom being one of them. Oh, all of that <laughs> hollering and screaming. So everyone has their opinion about the aesthetic of voices that they like to listen to. But you also have musicians that are very specific about how pitch perfect that they like their singers to be. Through my journey, I have been able to throw all of that out of the window. And I encourage all of your listeners to throw that out of the window. Why? Because when you are in the car... When you are in the shower, you do not care what anyone's opinion is about how you sound. The only thing you care about is how big your smile is because you're enjoying singing your favorite song or your favorite tones or your favorite melodies. And if you play it back, I guarantee you, you're not going to be pitch perfect. You might not even be on beat the entire time. but your heart is full. Your heart is resonating in a way that it just does not in any other form of expression. So I say, yes, everyone can sing. Now, if you want to be Beyonce, there's plenty of vocal coaches you can go to. Vocals are just like any other instrument. As long as you practice, you can get to your optimal voice or your optimal pitch perfectness. But I, again, encourage all your listeners to throw that out of the window because I feel like singing has so much more depth when we remove that egoic construct or ideal in our head about what it should sound like. I would be more concerned about what it feels like.
1: Okay, I have to remember that tip for myself. And (laughs) that night of... You know again, Nicole's room, at the end, I believe it was you or someone else had said, "Okay, let's just start singing." And we all unmiced and started singing. And I was able to do that then. I felt comfortable. Like what you're saying, I didn't I wasn't so much in my head thinking about what does my voice sound like or anything. I was just able to just go and sing and sing from the soul and enjoy the energy around me.
0: I used to have a room called the Light Language Living Room. And that was my favorite part of the room, was the end of the room. And what I would encourage people to do is don't worry about if it's fancy or on pitch or whatever. If you can't do anything else comfortably, just ohm. Just ohm. Lowest tone, highest tone, however you feel called. But nine times out of ten, I would get this feedback in the back channel about how it would always start with that basic ohm. And then their voice, their own connection, their own experience would take them vocally to a place that they didn't expect. That is the stuff of magic. That is why I Mm. do what I do. That is something that you just cannot put a price on. It's really just being surrounded by people who are allowing space for that. It's kind of like dancing, even. (laughs) I'm sure you've heard of ecstatic dancing. I think it's amazing because it's like when it comes to like a club situation, again, it's very, you know, everyone concerned with what everyone looks like and can you really dance as opposed to just dancing and letting that vibration out however it comes out. Same thing with oming, same thing with humming it sounds so basic, it seems so simple, but if you really tap into it and just kind of let go of what you think it should be, it can take you places that you never would have imagined.
1: Yeah, probably about six months ago, I had three separate people and I did not bring up the conversation, talk to me and say, you need to start putting music into your life. And it was strange because I didn't even bring up anything with them. And they said, do you play an instrument? Do you sing? Do you, you know, you need to start doing these things. And I want to (laughs) apologize as I'm speaking to you because I keep yawning. And it's not because I'm tired. It's because I'm releasing a lot of that energy and you're helping me do it and you're helping me heal. So please don't be offended because you're actually doing a good thing. (laughs) And this is what happens when I'm around powerful healers and I need to release. I start yawning. So just know that.
0: (laughs) That makes perfect sense.
1: Yeah, that, uh, yes. And then Source asked me to ask you this question. We're going so off topic today, but I love it. So uh, Source asked me to ask you if you teach people how to sing, like you give singing lessons. Obviously, you get paid for those lessons, but is that something you do?
0: It's something that I used to do. There are a couple of students that I sat down with and kind of gave the breakdown that I'm speaking of now, is that it's less about what you sound like and more about what it feels like. So in these classes, I would concentrate on things like breath support, all of those weird little warm-up exercises that singers do that make you look or sound funny. That was the meaning behind it is to help you get out of your head about what singing even looks like on camera when you're face to face with me, what warm-ups and things like that, what your face is supposed to look like. You would be surprised at how many people get caught up in what their face should look like while they're singing or while they're emoting. I did teach a few students, but I took the option away because I felt like there was an evolution that needed to occur in those lessons to be able to bring them back. So currently they are not an option, but I appreciate you and Source kind of guiding me back towards that. Yes, because I have learned a lot now to where I could teach that in a more elevated way. So I appreciate that nudge.
1: That's what I meant. I didn't mean, and I understand what you're saying as well, but I meant more, yes, in an elevated way, teaching singing lessons. For example, I went to someone who helped me learn to speak light language. I had lessons to do that. So For example, you can help people sing soul language. I'm not saying you should do that. I'm just saying that that's what Source is telling me to let that idea sit for a while and see, because I think that would be cool.
0: That was definitely a divine message. It's one of the first things I was prompted to teach that I even questioned myself. Again, going back to the ego. Well, you know, even though I was... A choir director for many years, it was still like that hesitance of, mm, but I'm not really teaching like some people teach and some people charge for and this and that and the other. But even in the few sessions that I did have, I could, like I said, see the value in really just pulling away from what people really expect their singing voice even to sound like, and tapping more into the breathwork in behind it, the personal divine connection in behind it, and just letting them fly. It was just like basic scales that we ran through, but it's more about them tapping in. Yeah, I, I do believe that was a divine nudge. <laughs> and I will consider that a lot more after we finish, just because I I do believe that was a divine nudge.
1: I think it was a divine nudge, but I'm also getting an intuitive hit for you that it's not necessarily about you, Daphne, going out and having to market yourself and do this whole new business. I think that people are going to come to you. And that's what Source is telling me. It's not so much about you have to put yourself out there because you've been putting yourself out there, but I think people are going to come to you.
0: And I trust that. I trust that much. (laughs) I do. I'm grinning ear to ear for all your (laughs)
1: listeners that can't see. (laughs) She is. Yeah. So let's see. Let's check back in uh, six months and see what happens. So I'm curious, but I'll be in contact with you anyway. So it's all good. So besides singing, you have a vodcast or a video podcast on Instagram called My Energy Journals, which is so good. And this has morphed into your new podcast called Daphne Speaks, where you do a weekly collective reading. Please tell us about your energy journals and your podcast.
0: The energy journals actually started as a small clubhouse room. I was called to kind of take a real look at seven of the energetic centers and my experience with them when it comes to my clients that I had had up until that point, as well as my own personal experience. I stumbled across a couple of different reading materials that were breaking down kind of even the glands that certain energy centers affected. So it was really kind of a mix of study and teaching. But in Clubhouse, for whatever reason, I could never really get past the solar plexus or the throat energy in those rooms. I think it only lasted like a couple weeks. When I started my Patreon, it's just one of those things that I automatically wanted to take a deeper dive into because I'd added to the notes. My energy journal goes from the root to the crown, and it discusses shadow aspects of these energies, certain reasons why clients reject them, integration issues, the elements that they affect just kind of a wide range of things. But especially with it being on Patreon, I get to be super candid about my own personal experience with each of these energies. The one I did most recent was about the crown and the third eye. It really just talks about my own personal reasons for rejecting my inner knowing or my wisdom And I've seen all kinds of different reasons, but it is extremely personal when you get to those top two centers. It's like we go through all of this work sometimes and then something happens, something gets triggered with the ego, something gets triggered with the construct or the way people see us or the arenas that we play in. And we start to second guess ourselves or we start to assume people won't understand. We start to we start to question. We start to question all the things that we shouldn't be questioning because we've come so far. We've gotten to this
1: point for a reason. And I just I just want to tell you, I'm getting a full body yes. Like that's why I keep (laughs) gesturing and moving my hands. I'm feeling all this energy. I'm going crazy right here. You guys can't see it. Daphne's probably looking at me like, what is she doing? I'm I'm doing all this weird hand gesturing, but I just thought you were having a full body moment. (laughs) I was. I was having a come to Jesus moment right here. I was like, yes, yes, everything she's saying, yes. I'm sorry, continue.
0: (laughs) No, it's it's, it's so true, though. And I'm included because I was in a toxic relationship. So, you know, even the relationships that we are so closely tied to or that we tie our identities to, there's a myriad of reasons that when we get to the point where sources like directly speaking to us about how we need to evolve, how we need to move forward. We just start questioning it like, "Mm, but is the job gonna be okay with that? Is this gonna be okay with, is the partner gonna be okay with that? So I spoke very candidly about certain clients, obviously not about them specifically, but about certain client experiences and my own personal experiences for why I would reject getting to a certain level, why I would question getting to a certain level. Because at some point you have to lean in, you have to trust, you have to step out on faith and see where that leads you. And I feel like a lot of us get stopped. I just heard so many stories time and time again of, you know, I'd done this a couple years ago, or I'd done this three years ago, and I just got to a certain point, and I just backed off of it, or I decided it wasn't for me, or I decided this was too much. And I was like, but but why would you decide that when you'd been shown so many things or given so much evidence that this is who you are? This is, this is less about a choice and this is more about you leaning and trusting source for you, for your evolution, for where you're meant to be vibrationally, which is always going to be higher, which means there's always going to be Stumbling box. There's always going to be something you need to break through. There's always going to be a level of ego death. But we stop, we get fearful. That creates a lot of blocks. And so I I just felt called to take this journey and document it as fully as I could because even as I was filming it, I knew I was evolving and I knew there was going to be a new layer and new level to this spiritual journey, or me describing this spiritual journey through the energy centers. So it was one of those things where it's like, I have to get this recorded now, because here in a few months, it's going to be a completely different arena or a completely different heart space that I'll be speaking about this energy from. I'm just so glad that my Patreon subscribers are so open to allow me to be so candid and just really let my freak flag fly (laughs) when it comes (laughs) to everything that I've learned and however I choose to speak about it. And they are responsible for the feedback that I've received that did kind of lean towards me starting the podcast which is all about weekly collective messages. This was a room I did in Clubhouse daily, and I just knew I wasn't going to get back to daily events like that anymore. But there were people that were just saying like, yes, just the encouragement of weekly messages is what we miss. That hit me because before anybody knew who I was, before I had even heard of a Clubhouse app, I was on Snapchat, dealing with my own IBD issues and encouraging others to really dive deep, research, take responsibility for their health, really being candid about my own journey. This is what I'm doing. This is a down day, and this is how I encourage myself. You know, don't give up. This is a new food or a new recipe that I found just finding the joy in my own life and recording that on Snapchat from then to now, it's just, it's amazing to me. We're talking about like 2018 from then to now is just absolutely, absolutely amazing to me because that's where it all started. That's and that continues to be my mission statement. It is simply about encouraging others to continue to walk in their light, continue to answer the call, continue to evolve into their their best selves, however they see that, because even that's going to evolve. It's just more about those, I used to say it all the time, it's just more about those baby steps. Even baby steps are progress. It doesn't have to be big and splashy and flashy. You don't have to have a big celebration And behind it, a bunch of people patting you on your back. If you woke up, if you walked in your faith, and you found your joy, and on top of that bonus, if you found enough energy to encourage someone else, you made it.
1: Yes. Yes. So I just want to clarify. Your energy journals are on Patreon.
0: Patreon Patreon.com slash Daphne Speaks Light is where you can see the full episodes. But I do have clips on Instagram. Yes.
1: Okay, that's what it was. Okay, so go on to Daphne's Patreon. And that's where you can sign up for my energy journals, uh, Daphne Speaks Light. And then your new podcast is Daphne Speaks. And that is on Spotify. And are you doing any of the other platforms?
0: At this time, it is on Spotify, and I'm waiting to get notifications of when it's on other platforms like Amazon Music. You have to submit and
1: do all of the things. You have to get approved, guys. You have to get approved. It takes a little while. So very interesting that you talked about your IBD. I have ulcerative colitis. And I actually have a podcast about it. So that's really interesting. I didn't know you had an IBD as well. And I hope you're healing and feeling better and wishes to you on that. And I'm so glad that you were sharing your journal because people need that constantly with IBD. We really do. So thank you. So I just want to say, today I listened to Daphne Speaks, the podcast, and I totally agree with you about the 6-6, June 6th portal energy because that's what you spoke about. It's been real you guys. You guys <laughs> between that and the solar eclipse, it's been a few weeks of just everyone I know in my life metaphysical, who I know online, I've know I've talked to in person, have been experienced this exhaustion and sinus issues for the last few weeks. Metaphysical people I know are taking vacation days from work because they're so zapped out. <laughs> from adapting to this new energy. It's crazy. How have you been feeling, Daphne?
0: It's really interesting times right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I remember getting up. I remember working out because I love, speaking of IBD, Like that was one of the turning points was a workout regimen together. For
1: me too. Huge, huge deal.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I love kettlebell. I love lifting weights. I love that feeling that you get when you do strength training. So I remember getting up. I remember getting my workout in. <laughs> and after that, it has been a sinusy blur. <laughs> Physically, metaphysically, Like, it has been wild. And there's, again, like you said, not one person that I talk to that is not experiencing the exact same thing in some way, shape, or form. So I spoke about it on the podcast saying, I think this is an energetic thing. I think that our throat energy, our third eye energy, our crown, I feel like all of this is going through a major major shift, major adjustment in more ways than one. So for those of you who get fussy (laughs) when you're (laughs) sick, I'm raising my hand. It's like, these are the times where you really just have to lean into it. These are the times where you have to consider the fact that Source probably just wants us to rest, probably just wants us to take in all of the lessons that we've learned so that we can make that pivot that is really going to assist the collective, it's really going to raise the vibration, so the more time we take to reflect and to also probably take care of our bodies better, there may be some shifting. <laughs> look, I know if we're coming out of Taurus season, I'm not the only one who is eating a little <laughs> eating a little extra. <laughs> Oh, you too? Good,
1: (laughs) Exactly. Oh my gosh.
0: Yes, me too. (laughs) So it might just be time for us to recalibrate and get back on our fruits and veggies like we were before tourist season. It could be anything. It's really up to the individual. But yes, I feel like it's a shift for a reason that we should all just really just be paying attention to and leaning into.
1: Yes, I Agree. So do you have any last thoughts?
0: Be yourself fully is really always what I'm going to come back to when it comes to any final words, any encouragement. If you are down, be that. Speak about that. Write about that. Lean into that. What are your dreams telling you about that? What does source have to say about that? And when you are up, when you do feel that charge, please do not hesitate to encourage someone else. And encourage them in the small way that you do, trusting that that's going to make such a huge impact. I feel like sometimes we disregard the impact that we do make in this world across the board, from smiling at a stranger to a compliment. I feel like sometimes we just really don't take into account how impactful we truly are when we speak from the heart like that, when we smile from the heart like that. So be yourself fully so that you can get to that higher elevation of being able to encourage someone. I seriously feel like that is the way that we empower each other and we raise the vibration of the entire collective. So those would be my final
1: thoughts. (laughs) They're beautiful. Thank you so much. And yeah, I have my husband who, he would not call himself metaphysical, but the way he lives his life, to me, he's been such a teacher to me, You know, without preaching, just he's been such an example. So I was just thinking about what you said about, you know, a smile, something heartfelt. When he goes through the drive-thru and gets coffee, he always pays for the person behind him. Always. I had never heard of that until he said, you don't do that. I'm like, well, first of all, I don't go through drive throughs because I have ulcerative colitis and can't eat anything like that. (laughs) First of all. (laughs) uh, First of all. (laughs) (laughs) But I never had heard of that until he, and he does it all the time, Daphne. I'm not saying he does it once in a while. He does it all the time. And it just comes from his heart. And it's so giving. It just blows my mind. It really does. I've seen him buy things. It's not just about money, guys. I I don't want it because he does more than financial things. But I've seen him buy gifts for people when they don't expect it and things like that. He's just so from the heart, but it comes back to him in spades too. He's a very good manifester. He's an exceptional manifester. And I think because he puts it out. So thank you for reminding us of that, Daphne, because your words are so true, because I have someone in my life who I see every day lives by that.
0: And shout out to all of our non-metaphysical friends. I have a friend just like that.
1: Who are really (laughs) secretly metaphysical
0: who are, okay? Because he's a whole Scorpio. He's totally intuitive, but we're not going to get into that. Um, He wouldn't consider himself to be metaphysical, but the things that, like you're saying, that I watch him do daily are just such an encouragement to me. The way that he gives, you know, it's, it's just such an encouragement to me. And it's like, That's what I tell him "It's like, see, you are intuitive because you know that technically that is the way that there is this give and take. There's this ebb and flow. It's like we're all kind of like these fountains. And as long as we don't stop up the fountain by trying to hoard things or trying to keep encouragement or joy just to ourselves, the more we see that, the more we pay that forward, the more we see it come back. It's just like watching like the ocean tide come in and out and in and out. And so, yes, shout out to all of our friends that do not (laughs) consider themselves to be metaphysical, (laughs) who are actually living
1: this (laughs) metaphysical life very well. (laughs) Very well and doing it naturally, where sometimes, you know, the metaphysical people, as metaphysical as we are, right? We have to kind of think about it and they just do it. And it's like, they just do it what the F? Like, (laughs) you know, oh my gosh. Anyway. So Daphne, where can we follow you? Let's start with Instagram first.
0: Instagram uh, is at Daphne Speaks Light. That's L-I-G-H-T. And in the bio, I have a link to all the things, all my story. You can read more about all the social media things,
1: that is so helpful. I will put that in the show notes. I'm going to put your podcast. I'm going to put where to buy your music. If you want to purchase Daphne's music, you can go on to Apple Music and do that. But if you want to do it on SoundCloud or Spotify, you have the option of downloading it for free, which is amazingly generous. So as metaphysical people or non-metaphysical people, you know, we always want to have that good exchange of energy and that comes in the form of money. So Daphne, I'm going to put this link in the show notes as well. And also I just want to encourage people, if you love listening to Daphne today, definitely think of contributing to her GoFundMe, which she's about to talk about. So remember, if you've downloaded her music for free, go onto her GoFundMe and give a little bit. So Daphne, please explain the GoFundMe.
0: The GoFundMe was a literal download that i received <laughs> from source i wanted to be able to provide a space like you're saying for that energy exchange because yes sometimes as light workers we get caught up in the the giving of it all and we forget to leave containers open to receive Um, So that was my download is I needed to have more containers to allow for there to be that energy exchange. And when I was sitting there, well, spirit, what are we, what are we funding? (laughs) What is going on? Like, because I am currently going through a divorce. I just wasn't sure of where, what direction it was that I was headed into. So when I say this was a divine download from source, it was like, look, I want you to be a little more nomadic than you think that you should have ever been. (laughs) I want you to be open to not only collaborating with people across this country, but activating, really tapping into the land and singing in different places that you've probably never seen or probably never thought you would visit. So, this download came that, yeah, the solution then would be a tiny home on wheels. <laughs> I don't really need a whole lot. I, you know, I was able to pack everything that I own when I left my husband in my van.
1: You're exactly <laughs> so- like me. Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, I-, I just flowed with it. So now that is the goal. That's what the GoFundMe is about, is just however it presents itself, it allows for me to provide for this nomadic lifestyle that I'm embarking on. I didn't get a timeline. (laughs) I didn't get anything other than a direction. Every time that I would try to tap into where it is that I would be called to go, I could really only see like different landscape that my feet would touch. So it was less about setting up roots in a traditional manner and and having or owning a home and living in that home at this time. And it's more so about being truly, truly flexible to where spirit wants to lead me. Who spirit wants to lead me to work with. So that's what the GoFundMe is all about. Every dollar donated just adds to that dream, it adds to all the layers of that dream. So I'm excited again because this was a divine download. It was something I was extremely trepidatious about. (laughs) But now I'm just, every day I just get, it gets more and more exciting as to be like, I wonder where source is gonna take me. Like, I wonder what I will be doing like a year from now, even. It was just, I, I can't wait to look back and see all that's happened and all the places I've been by then.
1: That is a great dream because I lived in a fifth wheel camper for a year and a half to save for this farm. My husband and I did. He lived in it for two and a half years. I lived in it for a year and a half. And it I have to tell you, Daphne, a lot of people maybe would turn down their noses at it. It is so fun, and so efficient, and so easy. It took me a half an hour to clean. (laughs) It wasn't a big deal at all. Yeah, she's going, yes. The
0: biggest, that is the biggest selling point. It takes
1: very little to clean. (laughs) It takes very little to clean. I mean, half an hour for me to thoroughly clean. We would have campfires every night. Mm -hmm. And then we would eat on the picnic table and we had the TV hooked up so we could watch movies outside Mm. and we cook sometimes by the campfire, not a lot, but sometimes. So it was a really magical experience. Now you ask my husband, he's like, I'm over it. I never want to go back. But (laughs) me, (laughs) I'm cool. Like I'm good. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm cool with all that. And what we were talking about before this, uh, before we started to record was, that could be in the form of a van that could be in the form of, you know, a camper that could be in the form. I'm going to see if I can get you the woman's name, but she's a famous palm reader and she goes around the U S and Canada. I don't know if you know her, but she has this incredible van that is, that just makes me so jealous. It's the coolest thing you've ever seen. And I'm going to, I'm going to get you that name. But anyway, Daphne, thank you so much for this magical episode. Until next time.
0: Live your life two
1: inches off the ground. Oh yes. Thank you so much, Daphne.
0: Thank you. This was so much fun. <laughs> hey, and done the bong bay and dashing, night, bong bong.